Hello, besties. Good evening. It's Thursday. And you know what that means? It means Salt Lake City and Miami recap. I'm so excited, you guys, because Salt Lake City finally came to an end. And I'm not saying this because I was enjoying this season. I'm saying it because it was about damn time. What a season, you guys. What a disappointment. And it's basically, from my perspective, it's disappointing from the production side. The ladies were given, some of them, especially the friend of Angie K, uh, Dana, even the, the other one, what's it called? Angie H, which I don't care much for. She was still given something. But um, this season was completely, um, I feel like, the storylines didn't make any sense and they didn't go anywhere. So it was expecting the finale was not going to give us much. Let's start by saying that the finale was divided pretty much in two parts. Uh, the first half an hour was uh, the Bat Mormon book party that didn't have any books. How dreadful. And the second part was Jen Shaq keep lying about her being innocent for a half an hour, making her believe that she didn't do anything to them plead guilty at the end. Shocking, as we didn't know. <laughs> um, but yes, um, the party. Let's go to that part because um, the first thing that I noticed about this party is that when you are planning a book party, this was supposed to be a book cover release, I found it so unnecessary in the first place. Uh, you can easily send this cover to your friends in an email and save the, the hassle of going to a place where you can even see the actual product that is advertising the 101. Like Lisa said it, how am I supposed to have a party with no Vita tequila if nobody can taste the, 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 the tequila? And like, yeah, that makes no, absolutely no sense. NGK though, NGK came in with a theory that she heard on the streets of Salt Lake City. She said that the way that um, Heather got her black eye was by Barbie Caesar kicking. And I'm like, what the hell is Barbie Caesar kicks? I never heard that before, you guys, and I think that is freaking genius. You know how the Barbies have, like, this weird, uh, you know, they can put their legs all the way back, and it's very strange? That's what she meant. They were scissoring, pretty much. Uh, for those who don't know, scissoring is, is the act of two women rubbing each other's private part, you know, and actually doing the, the sign, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but I think that was freaking hilarious. I... I dropped to the floor laughing because I never heard that before. Thank God somebody came prepared for this finale. Um, I did not want to see 15 minutes of a choir that couldn't even sing on key. It was so embarrassing and it's honestly so on brand with Heather Gay. Heather Gay's brand since the beginning of Salt Lake City has been being a bad Mormon, which that's the name of her book, Shocking, and also 
having no um having story that not make any sense so the the choir is singing with absolutely no rhythm or key or anything and then uh we had the the book release the cover and even though yes she looks quite great on the cover i don't want to read it i'm not interested and you know i just noticed that um the choir seems to have a popular vote here <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm still trying to digest what i watched last night because to put it into words you guys when you watch a finale you're expecting the the end of the show to tie all the um the arguments all the the drama in some way that leads into the reunion right that's what we are used to uh, as a housewife viewers but as i said before production decided to pretty much eliminate any like story that the the showcase Jensha in some kind of bad light or anything that that requires Jensha to defend herself over the accusation that she was you know being part of this case or anything along those lines we all know that there was one scene of Dana confronting Jen that didn't make it to the actual episode but it was part of the trailer i was shocked the one of the biggest like blowouts or one of the the part that everyone was waiting either you liked or either you didn't like or like Jensha we were all waiting for that moment to um witness the reason behind this attack because Dana read Jen for filth in that moment she pretty much told her you better be nice if you want people to help you while you're in the clean clean that's what she said on that clip but they didn't show it and based on what Dana today shared on Instagram I have the screenshot I shared them also on my Twitter on my Instagram uh it said that Jen Shaw was being very rude Dana approached her and told her what she was saying about her and her family out on the street of Salt Lake City. It's really funny because that's what Jen Shaw tends to, that's her go-to. She always said, oh, my family, but then she goes out and she tried to do the same for somebody else. Let me read some of this uh, message. This is what Dana said. She said, I wanted to give more insight on what happened that night. There was a build-up to that confrontation that was played in the trailer. I wanted to have a conversation with her about her being one way around us and another way around her husband and why she wasn't taking accountability for her behavior and actions. She was also making fun of my hair. She was calling my husband different Spanish names that were clearly not his name and that was very disrespectful. I don't know why so much time was wasted filled on her lies about being innocent when, well, we all know how that turned out. Miss Dana did not come to play. 
And I'm very disappointed that the finale was truly focused on uh, Jen Shaw trying to save face and you know maintain this narrative that she's innocent. There was a moment where NGK confronted Jen Shaw. And it seems to be like there was a miscommunication or misunderstanding while they were having this confrontation because Jen Shah walked away thinking that NGK was questioning her um, story about suicide or, you know, going through the pain of having somebody creating a fake account, the stress she was going through, and that put her mental health in a very, very difficult place. And I'm not questioning Jen Shah's mental health issues. Uh, as somebody who suffers from severe anxiety and depression, I don't want to question somebody's mental health journey. But um, there was also... A part of NGK's statement that was true, how you move forward with the person who put you in that position, but all the people around you who are being your friend from the beginning, you push them away or you lie to them or you try to damage their reputation. That's what she was trying to say. She was trying to say it's a fake that you and Angie. Uh, age are moving, you know, forward. I mean, what are you trying to say? She wasn't talking like, specifically about her mental health, but the reasoning for her mental health to be in that place. I hope I'm being, I'm trying to be clear here. There was also another scene that was cut from the trailer that was, uh, yep, Whitney versus Meredith. Um, once again, this finale was chopped to nothing, literally nothing. And we still have so many questions. The moment, I'm not lying to you guys, I was watching the episode and suddenly the ending cards are shown and it's only 28 minutes into the episode. And I'm thinking, did I fast forward? Did I miss a part? And I, I mean, did I just like fell asleep? Did I just like fall asleep and I wake up and it's the end? What's happening here? And I check the time. I literally look into my watch and it was only 9.28 Easter time when that happened. And I was so confused. I was like, is this going to be only a half an hour episode? Like, what is this? What's happening? When there's so much footage that we saw on the trailer that didn't make it to the episode. To our surprise... The following half an hour was, like I mentioned before, Jen Shah trying to save face, even though she pled guilty. And I'm quite annoyed. They they spent like 10 minutes of Heather Meredith and Jen Shah in Brooks Marks uh, matching tracksuits talking about nonsense that we truly don't care about when there is so much um, drama that needed to be solved and needed to be shown. Like, why do you want to gatekeep this footage that you share with all of us at the beginning 
promising this really explosive finale or this explosive season, and we got nothing. Like, yay, thank you for giving us nothing. And I'm not blaming the ladies on this part. I'm saying production needs to do a better job on deciding how they want to portray their show. Because if this is the this is the path that they're taking, uh, this franchise, it's not going to survive past the reunion. If this is like how they want to treat this show. Um, it was really sad to watch. Jane Shaw pretending to be innocent to her own mother who she scammed into putting all her saving in, to pay the legal fees for her to like save her from going to, to the cling cling. And she ended up pleading guilty. And people are saying, yes, she pled guilty because she, you know, realized that it was better for her. It was like the better choice. Still, under the law, if you pled guilty of something, you did it. And she acknowledged this situation. She went ahead And said, yes, I knew what was happening. I knew that these people were being scammed. That there was no businesses being created. That all the money was going somewhere else. And to go to the extreme of trying to frame Stuart as the sole uh, mastermind behind this on the show... It's so embarrassing because before Stewart pled guilty and before he started to cooperate with the FBI and the investigation, he was trying to save Jane Shaw from getting caught. He literally was denying that Jane Shaw was involved to the point that he he lied to to uh, to the system, and that's why he got in bigger trouble after that because that he was a shit. I'm in trouble because now they caught me in a lie that is putting me in a, in a bigger position to get a, a long, a, a longer um, sentence. And that's why he started to cooperate so he can get a better option. So Gensha is blaming everybody around her from the show. She, she even said, um, Uh, if you guys read the, the whole entire transcription from her sentencing, she was saying that even the show made her act in some way, that the exposure to the world changed her mind and a lot of stuff. And even the judge said, like, uh, this has been happening way before you started filming Housewives. So, like, why are you lying? She's blaming the show. She's blaming her, uh, her, um, her castmates. She's blaming Stuart as the sole uh, mastermind, but there was not an ounce of accountability for anything. And putting guilty is not being accountable for nothing when you still try so hard to pretend that you are innocent behind this whole um, you know, machine trying to scam people. You know what's really sad too, though? Um, the fact that She got such a low sentence I'm still upset about. Don't get it. I don't think the six years and a half in prison is, uh, is fair. Um, more, a lot of people who were scammed either passed away without proper justice or they are suffering from the consequences of this person's actions. So for her to get six years and a half, I'm still blown away. 
and not in the good way. Even more embarrassing is the fact that Heather Gay continued to um, stand by this person in many forms. And yes, we saw at the end of the episode a sit-down with uh, Lisa and Heather, which, by the way, Lisa's a very smart businesswoman. She doesn't waste any opportunity to promote her Vida Tequila uh, tequila. She was like, um, Heather was like, can I get a glass of water? And, and, she, and Lisa was like, no, can we get two Vita cocktails? That is a businesswoman. She's like, we are still working. We are still filming. Vita tequila is going to be promoted. I need two cocktails, Vita tequila cocktails. And that's how you do business. But uh, in this particular scene, Heather Gay starts this new theory that Kosha found out what Jen was doing and that's why they realized that there was no other way than accept the consequences and plead guilty. So now she's bringing in Kosha into the mix. And she said, yeah, I believe that she did it. I think she did it. But if you watch the after show, which by the way, I have some tea about that too. She kept defending her. To the point that they still have a group chat. Meredith, Heather, and Jen Shah have a have a, a little kiki text messaging situation where they're still laughing and sending uh, memes and, and gif images and stuff and laughing at 2 a.m. in the morning. And you know what? Great. That's great that Heather is, is a ride or die, even though obviously she show herself to be a clown pick me girl because who does that like if you are if you are going to say that after this person pled guilty of stealing money from uh, elderly and you still stand by this person i don't know either either heather and and jen shah has businesses and Heather is trying to save face and save whatever she can by standing by this woman so she doesn't bring her down as well. Or to me, it's just pretty bizarre. Because last time that I checked, Jen Shah was calling Heather Shrek. So I don't know about you guys. I still feel like this friendship. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's more than what the eyes meet with this friendship. It's very confusing. It's, uh, just at this season, it's very confusing. Talking about that after show, Whitney revealed when, was, when she last saw Jen Shaw. And the tea is, I was present when that happened. <laughs> I witnessed that interaction because that happened at the rooftop party uh, for BravoCon. I have mentioned this before. I was lucky enough uh, to be uh, in that rooftop party. I don't want to give too much about it because I, I, I didn't even record or took that many photos. I took some photos, but I feel like if it was a private event, it should stay private. But now that some information is coming out and people are talking about it more and more and more, I feel more comfortable talking what I witnessed because um, 
I, I, I don't like being that person who just uh, spilled tea for the sake of a clickbait. But this is real. Whitney, on the uh, after show, she revealed that the last time that she spoke to Jen Shah was at BravoCon at the rooftop party. When uh, Jen Shah walked in, she passed by Lisa and Whitney, ignored them. She noticed them. She looked at them and walked past them. And like a second later, I saw uh, Whitney hugging Jen Shah and saying like, why, why you pass by? Like, you know, like trying to say like, like, hey, at least say hello to us. We're, we're also here. After that, it was like, like a weird interaction. It was a very, very short living interaction. They walk in different directions. And that's when I approached uh, Lisa Barlow and John Barlow. And we had uh, a very brief conversation. It was very cordial and very nice. I love them. Uh, Whitney was super nice too. She was dancing. And um, I hope one day I get invited to her uh, premiere parties where she has that uh, pole to dance, uh, pole dancing uh, situation. I always see her pose and the people who go there. I, I know that a lot of the gays go to her house. So I'm, I'm like, Whitney, I want to be one of the gays at your place because she seems like a fun girl to party with. But back to the story. So yes, what Whitney said on that video is 100% true. And she's, and she's good with details because um, as she was telling the story, I was like, yes, that's true. Yes, that's true. I saw it. I was there. And obviously I looked. I was like, oh my gosh. I, I was... I was confused at first because in my mind, Whitney and Jen were not in good terms. So when I saw them and they briefly hugged and walked away, I was like, hmm, I thought they were not in good terms. But the conversation, though, was that that Jen Shah passed by them and she did not acknowledge them or anything not even a hello and it was very she was very cold towards them when she passed by um the rest of the night as we all know Jen Sha was dancing dancing with different housewives uh from you know some of the ladies of Dubai to Marlo uh from Atlanta um she also was i saw her interacting a lot with meredith and brooks they were also at that party and yeah that was the last time that whitney said that she saw jen and i'm very shocked in the amount of details that the story has some people might question it or some people say oh she's she's just trying to say this to save face but no what Whitney said on that video is 100% true. Interesting enough, I still can't believe that Meredith said on the episode that if Jen Shah is found guilty, she was going to be more like distant herself or try not to interact with Jen because, you know, the that what it will mean, you know, like, being associated with somebody who stole from from victims and whatever but i saw her very 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 friendly with jen Shah, and she also said it on the on the after show i mean they were they, they were kicking over text messages i i mean if they if they don't want to 
talk to Jen. I mean, if they want to talk to Jen, I guess that's their prerogative. They want to be friends with her. That's their prerogative. But if I was in that position, I will not stand by that. I will not be trying to to be the friend that's going to stand by somebody committing a crime like that. If it was a different type of crime, because I, from my perspective, there are different levels of crimes. But when a crime is done in a way that you affect people's lives, people who need money, people who are working hard to, you know, to live and to pay rent and, and they live like check by check and they're just trying to find ways to, to build some kind of some kind of saving or kind of business to provide for their families and you take advantage of that and you take that money and you build this luxurious life and all this life and all these lies and uh, smoke mirrors around you with those people's hard work and hard air money honestly that to me is disgusting is the lowest of the low because it showcases that you have absolutely no heart for your fellow human being. That's why I have a, a big issue with Tom Girardi and Erica Jane. And yes, Erica was not the mastermind. I don't think she was. I had never claimed that. But I do think that the way that you react to a situation like that showcases a lot about your character. And her character to me, the way that she portrayed herself on that show, the way that she spoke about the victims and saying that the victims were lying to, to get more money. And the fact that she kept lying by saying that she didn't know about this when she was subpoenaed twice before she um, filed for divorce to save some money. The fact that she was trying to sell every piece of clothing not to pay back the victim, but to save money for herself when she knew that the ship was sinking. That tells me a lot about a person. And yes, she was the that she was the biggest beneficiary of the whole situation. Because she was the one flying in private jets, she was the one uh building this so-called music career. Whatever noise she was making, the people call the music, dancing around in every bar in WeHo, in a leotard, in a sparkly leotard. Everything was paid with the money of victims, the same way that Jen Shah's lifestyle was funded by elderly people. Think about your parents. Think about your grandparents. If you're listening to me, and you and if you think for one bit that this will never happen to you, think it twice. Because there's there's like Jensha is just one of many people running all these scams, stealing money from the elderly. And that's why I'm very passionate about this. Yes, I don't have the solution. I don't have any power to solve this problem. But the only thing that we can do is talk about this and make sure and make sure that the people who do this pay for their actions, 
and it happens that one of our housewives was involved in this. And we need to talk about it. We need to make sure that people get the message because it's really funny. I had noticed a lot on Twitter is the fact that a lot of the viewers, maybe not the the you know the hardcore Bravoholics like ourselves, who watch the show and and know exactly everything about the backstories and are paying attention. Some people just watch the show to, for watching it, so they don't know exactly what's happening. You know how many tweets I get when I post about Jensha or about Salt Lake City asking me, can you please explain to me once again what happened? I don't, I'm not following the story or I don't know what's happening. I don't know why, I, why you are asking for more jail time. Can you please explain to me that? Several tweets. So I think that the only thing that we can do at this point when it comes down to this type of situation is to bring some of that information out. I know Bravo you know, have the choice to do so by maybe doing the half an hour thing with Jen at the end where she went to New York and she was trying to pretend that she was innocent once again. And I have z- zero zero sympathy for her. I said it before, zero. The only people that I feel bad in this whole entire mess are her son, sons, and the victims. That's it. Not even Kosha. Kosha is going to be fine. And what is truly interesting is that Jen Shah posted a photo maybe like 20, 25 minutes ago. I posted it on my Instagram. She said dress rehearsal, full of makeup, full hair done. Today. It's been less than a week since she got sentenced to 6.5 years for the crime that she committed. And she still thinks that she's the star of the show. In her mind, the entitlement, the lack of um, accountability. I'm, I had the feeling that this is for maybe a sit down with Andy before she goes into the clink clink. Which, by the way, I'm not interested. I appreciate Andy trying to do journalism even though who knows if he's really truly going to ask the tough questions and trying to dig into the real answers. Maybe he should have Anderson Cooper do the sit down with um, with Jen Shah. He should have Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper is a true journalist. I like Andy as, you know, the fun uh, talk show host that is friend with the housewives and he created a legacy with all this housewife situation. But if I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure if this so-called dress rehearsal is for a sit down with Andy, but if this truly happened, Andy better be asking the tough questions and really dig into it until she answers the truth. 
because if he, if this sit down is like the reunions, we're getting nothing. Like, thank you for giving us nothing. And we know that. Because we had seen so many problematic situations being brushed under the rug. And yes, Andy should call a friend. Phone a friend. And that friend should be Enzo Cooper. He is a great journalist. He does this for a living. He goes to freaking uh, war zones, interviewing soldiers and politicians. Maybe he should be the one asking the tough questions. Since Andy has some kind of like connection with the housewives, Andy maybe have like a soft spot for some of them because they have a friendship. And for him, it's hard to like put them in a, in a really tough spot. We've seen them at the reunions. We saw this all the time before. We had spoken about this and how some of the microaggressions in some of the cities like Beverly Hills, uh, you know, the, the reunion in New York City. Let's not forget that, that they literally cancel a reunion because allegedly they couldn't figure out time in the middle of the pandemic when pretty much everybody was doing Zoom calls. They couldn't figure out time to speak about this because they knew that they needed to address all the problematic behavior that we saw in the last New York uh, season. So if this sit-down happened, give us everything or send it back in the mail. I want to move to Miami. We're going from the icy mountains of Salt Lake City to the warm, hot, sexy beaches of Miami. Actually, no, hold on. Before we go there, I just want to say, I'll be watching the reunion. So if you don't want to watch it, at least come here to find the tea because I'm going to make sure that you guys get all the tea and all my uh, take on the reunion. I'm happy that the season is over. Honestly, I'm so disappointed because two of my favorite franchises, well, Salt Lake City is not one of my favorite, but I really appreciate the ladies for who they are and what they bring sometimes. But Beverly Hills was a disappointment uh, and that's my core franchise. And now Salt Lake City, kind of disappointed. And going into the reunion, I'm not expecting much because, I mean, this finale just showed that there's nothing to talk about. Because obviously Heather's not going to talk about her eye. And I don't want to know about her eye either. Don't care. (laughs) (sighs) So let's go to the hot beaches of Miami. Because Miami, on the other hand, is delivering... Every single episode. Honestly, give them the, the raise. Uh, make Marisol and Adriana uh, and Adriana Fulton housewife too. I don't care. They are definitely delivering more than pretty much every other franchise. They are the top, top tier franchise lately. It's to me, it's Miami, Potomac, and then the rest. I'm excited for New Jersey. But in Miami... We'd start with more Lenny Mess. 
it's exhausting with Lenny. I'm freaking upset that now he is going to the press and saying that divorce was mutual. Like they agree both to walk in different directions, making, you know, Lisa look like a clown. And he's doing all of this to hurt her and to save face. This man has such a small dick energy. Like he looks like he probably has a micro penis too. Embarrassing. The way that he's handling the situation. I said it before. If you're not happy in your marriage, make sure that you do it in a way that you don't hurt the other person. You know, Marisol was there for uh, Lisa. I love Marisol. She always finds the vodka in the most random places. But when they were talking, Lisa kept saying that she didn't see the signs of her marriage coming to an end. Which I'm shocked because I even noticed that last season. He's always being cold to her. He always tries to uh, deflect the conversation about how their marriage is strong or how they're doing okay or whatever. You always see that he never wants to address anything about his marriage when she's talking about it. There, there was a scene when she was saying that, oh my gosh, we are in such a good place right now. And he looked at her like if, if he hates her. Truly, truly disgusting. And also remember that Lisa mentioned that she comes from a broken family and she's really scared for the future of her kids, for what a divorce or a separation means to them being so young. And I understand that part too. I also come from a broken family. But one thing you learn is that Kids, we, we learn real quick to, to, you know, to mold to the situation that we, sh you know, I used to go to my, my dad's home and then to my mom's and, you know, they tried to keep it cordial. I, I knew that there were issues behind closed doors and they were not in such a good terms, but at least they made it look like their divorce was uh, friendly for me. So I feel like if Lisa focused on herself and her kids and move out of that house and she finds a better way to 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 provide for her kids, she'll be fine. Well, we see it right now. Right now we see, um, now that she has passed that stage of like, oh my gosh, I wanted my marriage to, to, to work. Oh, why is he doing this to me? Because she kept saying that to Marisol as if she could do something to change the outcome of the situation where Lenny stayed with her. And I'm like, no, girl, the guy checked out. The guy is dating somebody else. You are not his priority. Obviously, he doesn't care for you to the point that he almost kicked you out of the house with your kids because he wanted to have her lip-licking lizard girlfriend in the house. So I really hope Lisa, I mean in the show, show us how she come from the dark place into a better mental state, 
where she pushed forward for her kids and for herself. Because as now, all I see is Lisa wanting to fix this issue, hoping that he doesn't leave her for the other women. I find Alexia to be one of my favorite housewives. I know she was very problematic last week and the week before. I said it before. I did not like her commentary about Russian prostitutes. Very, very, very um, a stereotypical commentary that is not so positive. But Alexia reminds me of my mother when she speaks to Frankie. She's so kind and so loving. We saw a scene when they went to speak to somebody to um, help create a party for a cause, for their favorite cause. And obviously, she wants to do this for Frankie as she's trying to help him to come out of his shell and, and be independent and, you know, show him love and support. That's what a mother do. Alexia has always been a great mother. I mean, regardless of whatever, she always has been there for her sons, both of them, including Peter, who's everybody knows that he's not the easiest person to deal with. We've seen all the the um, the internet drama and um, the alleged domestic violence situation. That uh, it seems like that got solved, but. She's always been there for the, for her kids. And that's a sign of a great person, a great mother. I'm, I'm happy that she allows Frankie to be his own person, even as, you know, part of the show. You know, as we know, uh, he, he has, you know, he, he needs help, you know, and, she is sharing that on the show. There's a lot of women out there who have the same situation at home. So representation on TV is always very important in every level, in every form. Because it shows that you're not alone in this world. And it shows that other people are going through the same you know, um, journey. So I always applaud Alexia for giving Frankie a voice to make him feel independent and to be a great example of, you know, you can do what you want to do and um, we are going to do something real good for a great cause together. Talking about motherhood, which it seems to be a very important topic in Miami as well. Martina and Julia, they had a really great scene as well on this episode where they were recreating their first um, date. You can tell that Martina and Julia truly love each other. Despite of the ups and downs, despite all the drama and the gossip, they do have a strong relationship. And you know that they created their own rules. 
And I always tell people, we cannot judge a couple who created their own set of rules because those rules are different in my household than in their households. What works for me might not work for other people either. So Julia and, and, and Martina, to me, are the perfect example of that. I mean, I'm not saying that they are in an open relationship. I don't think, I, I, I don't know. And I don't know them personally, but based on the way that they talk on this show, they do seem like they allow the other person to be their own individual within the marriage. And some of the other lady has like, look kind of side eye to it. Like in the last episode, Larsa was trying to throw Martina under the bus saying that she was making out with another guy. I mean, Julia, Julia making out with another guy. And Martina said like, well, it's better than her making out with another girl. She did not care. So obviously there is, there is an understanding in that marriage. Well, after that um, dinner, Julia, the next day, she went with a, uh, with Adriana to a like a plastic surgery place where Adriana is getting a BBL. You know, to make the butt look firm, to make it big, all the, all the stuff. I don't know, you guys. I saw that needle and I wanted to faint. I was getting cold. I got pale because I hate needles. And it's funny because as you guys can see, if you're watching on, on Twitter or if you had seen my photos on my Instagram or Twitter, whatever, you know that I have pretty much half of my body tattooed. So it's very strange how tattoo needles doesn't do anything for me. But when it comes to medical needles, I get really, really lightheaded and really like, when I faint, um, when I get my blood work done, it's like the worst. You know how many times I almost fainted? Like a hundred times. Like the whole entire vision gets really, really, really like white little by little and then little stars and I it is really scary and my anxiety kicks in so watching her getting that huge needle stick in her butt to like I guess to put whatever collagen they put to make sure that it gets firm you can tell that the Adriana is going through pain and she asks Julia please tell me a joke please tell me a joke and then Julia dropped the bomb that during this dinner they decided to adopt a baby. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a great place to tell your friend that you're planning to adopt. Right in the middle of your friend getting a huge needle stuck to their ass. Honestly, truly iconic. <laughs> like, hey, I know you're getting a BBL, but guess what? I'm getting a kid. You might want to get a bigger butt, but I want to have a bigger family. <laughs> really, really freaking awesome. I was really, I don't know, I really enjoy their friendship. It's really funny. I, I think that they have one of those really in, interesting um, friendships. And people used to 
make comments about Julia and Adriana's closeness. But, I mean... You can tell that they get each other. They, they have a good time together. They, they're compatible. And not every person that's compatible with you doesn't mean that you have like, like a sexual ten, like a sexual experience or you are sexually interested in that person. A lot of people can just be really, really good friends without the sexual, um, you know, experience to be involved in their closeness. I think it's great. I love them together. They make a great duo, especially for TV. They both are like quirky and they have very interesting lives. And Adriana seems to be a really good friend because whenever someone tries to come for Julia, she's the first one to like put the brakes on the car. One of the funniest moments, though, even though the BBL story is funny, I think one of the funniest part of this episode is when um, Marisol and Alexia are at this restaurant and they're talking and suddenly a friend of them literally walks into the frame and said, are you guys filming? Oh my gosh, I, did, I didn't know. I'm like, yeah, because they have cameras right here. <laughs> just for the shit and giggles or because they're shooting for a like, TikTok. No, they're actually shooting for the for the show. It's so funny. To me, it was so interesting because I wasn't expecting that. I, I, I thought it was just going to, be, going to be like, hey, how are you? But the guy literally say, oh my gosh, you guys are filming. Oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, it's fine. And th then they started kicking about Lisa and uh, Lenny's divorce. Like, these people knew what they were doing. I mean, they were like, I'm going to have my 50 minute of fame right here. I'm going to walk into the frame and talk about the hot, the Lisa and Lenny divorce. Freaking hysterical. I was dying. There's nothing funnier to me than kicking with people and just pretend that there's no cameras around you. When you're not even part of the cast, that is freaking hysterical. The reaction of uh, Alexia and Marisol was just priceless. I was so, so happy to see them like just continue like nothing happened. They are good at this reality TV um, experience because they didn't break the the character they continue like oh yeah we are filming but let's go ahead and kiki because lisa and lenny are getting divorced and it's all over the news <laughs> hysterical honestly one of the moments where you realize that miami gives you everything it's giving you drama it's giving you a horrible divorce it's giving you a motherhood in different levels, like Alexia and Frankie, and now Julia and Martina's uh, adoption journey. But at the end, you guys, they went to, you know, the party that Alexia and Frankie were planning. There's two moments that I want to highlight. One 
it's when Lenny has the audacity. He will, he has the audacity to text Lisa to get groceries and get him crunchy peanut butter, bananas, and strawberries. And I'm thinking to myself, you can do that yourself or you can ask your lip-licking Lisa girlfriend to do it for you. How dare you to text the person you are divorcing who you literally told to fuck off five seconds ago while she was in the car talking to you about the fact that this woman is out there saying that the divorce was not because of her, but because Lisa and Lenny had issues. And you're telling her to get you groceries? Are you kidding me? The balls, the balls that these men have is just elephant size. And not because they're good looking, but because he had the audacity. The entitlement. Men, I'm telling you, men. Only men will do something like this. I'm just happy that Lisa laughed it off. She was like, oh, no, 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 no. In her confessional, she said that she was going to get him those bananas so he can stick them up his ass. And I'm like, good for you, Lisa. Drag him. Drag that ugly ass numb back to the hole that he belongs to. I do not like Lenny, you guys, as you can see. Not because he is divorcing somebody, but because he has no character. And he's a joke for how he's handling this divorce. You just don't go behind your uh, partner's back and you create a whole life. And then you just want to walk away from your current life by hurting that person. And not only on top of that, you are going to depress to save face. And then you, you, you're not even thinking about your own kids, you know? What kind of man does that? I honestly do not understand how these women, this uh, side piece, this girlfriend has the, um, I don't know. I don't even know what, what she thinks she is going to the press, trying to say that Lisa and Lenny were in, in, in trouble before she got into the picture. I'm like, even if that's true. You are the reason why Lenny is leaving Lisa the way that he's doing it. So don't try to play like you are the victim or you have nothing to do with this when literally you have a lot to do with it. There's definitely a lack of moral and definitely dignity. And it showcase from the moment that Lenny went into the press went to the press and tried to say that the divorce was mutual to the point where his side piece is saying that she's not the reason why they're getting a divorce. And Lisa's stuck in the middle trying to understand why her marriage fell apart 
what the future holds for her and her kids while her numb looking husband or ex-husband or whatever is out there parading this much younger women that we all know doesn't truly love him. Because it, obviously she 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 had a plan. She was liking Lisa's Instagram post. She was going to Lisa's house. She she's been following the show. She is been going to their parties. So she had a plan. This is not a coincidence. This is not somebody that Lenny met in a coffee shop one day. This is somebody who planned this. And she knew that she could get away with it because she's young and pretty. That's the reality. After that, we have the beginning of the Larsa versus Dr. Nicole fight. And it looks good, you guys. Oh. Larsa was saying that Nicole was sleeping with the doctors at the, at the hospital. And you can tell that Nicole did not take that comment lightly because her eyes turned red. And I will be really scared to cross her in that moment. You know that Nicole is going to just mop the floor with Larsa because what she said on on TV was definitely planned to hurt her and her reputation. She kept saying, oh, I heard that and I never talked about it. But yet here you are talking about it on national TV is for everybody to know. If it's a gossip, leave it as a gossip. But when you go ahead and repeat the gossip, you are not only uh, believing the gossip, but you are giving the gossip more fire for it to spread like a like a wildfire. And I'm wondering if you if you watch the mid season trailer. Uh, Nicole is talking to Alexia and saying, you know, that as a Latina woman, I have to, to go, you know, the extra mile to get what I, what I have right now, to get to the point where I am right now, as a Latina woman, I have to really fight hard. And I understand that. She said like, I'm small, you know, I'm, I'm pretty and I'm smart. And you know what people say about women's like that, that they probably slept their way to the top. And when you have somebody like Larsa saying that and starting a rumor like that, it is very damaging to somebody's reputation. It makes them question their true um, um, work ethic. You know, this is not a conversation about an only fan, which is completely fine. If you have one, i props to you. I wish I had the personality and the, and the confidence in myself to have an only fan and make some money for trips around the world. But as a doctor, I can see why Nicole is trying to 
to like defend herself against those rumors. So I'm wondering if that conversation between her and Alexia is about this particular rumor that Larsa brought up to her just because she approached her and asked her why she was talking about Nicole having a uh, previous relationship with a school teacher as if having a relationship with a school teacher was like dating below your, you know, your, your range. As if Larsa's whole entire life was basically handed to her because she was dating or she was married to um, Scotty Pippen. That's the, that's the truth, right? Um, Scotty Pippen was the reason why we know who Miss Larsa is. That's why she got cast for the Housewives. You know, she is still holding the Pippin last name. I mean, I'm just I'm just pointing out facts. So I want to know exactly why she felt the need to uh, try to accuse Nicole of sleeping with the doctors in the hospital. Making it sound like Nicole was sleeping her way to the top. That's how I took it. I don't know. This is the part when I ask you guys, what do you think? Do you think that that comment was said in a way to tarnish Nicole's reputation as a doctor? Trying to insinuate that she is in her place, in her uh, practice, because she slept her way. To the top. I want to know your opinion and you know where to leave it. You can leave it on my YouTube channel, Martini with Eddie. You can go to my Instagram, to my Twitter also, Martini with Eddie. Or you can leave it on, on the rate section of my podcast because I read all of them. So you guys, that's another very important favor that I'm going to ask you besties. Please, please go subscribe to my podcast, whatever you listen, your podcast, like Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Spotify, Google. There's a lot of uh, platforms where people can listen to their podcast. But if you had the opportunity to leave me a rating, and if you like it, not only just leave me the start, but also a comment, because I like to know if you are truly enjoying Martinez with Eddie. I have a lot of surprises for you guys. Tomorrow, for example, I have two guests coming on my show. One at 12.30 Easter time. 12.30 Easter time, I'm having no other. I can finally announce it. Lucia Pena for Southern Hospitality is coming to my show, and we are going to be spilling all the Southern Hospitality tea. All of it. And at 9, 8, no, at 8.30 p.m. Friday, January 13th, Miss Philly Diva is coming to the show. We're going to do an after dark episode. We're going to be talking about all the 
gossip and the news that we got this week in the Bravo universe. So be ready. Bring your mimosa for your brunch at 12.30 and bring your heart liquor for your 8.30 after dark show. <laughs> Aaron, thank you so much for your support. I truly, truly appreciate you always being here. I love, love, love you. I, lo I always love seeing your face, Aaron. Thank you so much for your love and support. I see you guys. Tay Tay, thank you so much for coming today. Ali, thank you so much for being here. I love you all. And as I'm saying, you guys, to everybody who's listening, to everybody who's watching Martini with Eddie, thank you for the support. And remember, subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to my podcast, like, comment, follow Instagram and Twitter, all of them as Martinis with Eddie. I also have a webpage, martiniswitheddy.com. You guys, this is the end of the episode. And I hope you guys enjoy all the tea that we spilled tonight. And as I always say, besties, are you ready? You know what is coming. Goodbye, besties.